Awful at remembering that. Uh, end the pre-meeting poll and hand the ball to you. Thank you so much for that introduction, Sean. So like Sean said, we'll be going through some metagenomics uh, taxonomic profiling workflows using CLC Genomics Workbench. So just a quick lay of the land and what we'll be covering today. So we will be walking through a few different uh, ways to accomplish this uh, microbial profiling. So the first one we'll be um, going through is the taxonomic profiling, where we will take whole shotgun um, sequences and pop them into the taxonomic profiling workflow to output things like um, abundance tables, all sorts of different views that we can then carry through and uh, generate some differential abundance um, files with. We will also spend some time going through some of the OTU clustering workflow. So if you're not uh, approaching things from this whole shotgun uh, sequencing point of view, we can take your OTU reads and pop them into the clustering workflow. And from there, you'll be able to get things like abundance tables and generate differential um, abundance, so on and so forth. So before we even get started off to the races with that, we will um, walk through a short introduction on CLC Genomic uh, Workbench and what it is, all of the different tools you have. But um, before we get started, I do want to point out that in the slides that Sean is sharing in the chat box um, a few times throughout the presentation, there are some links to step-by-step -step guides. So what we'll be going through today is the very same data and workflows that are available in all of these step-by-step -step guides. So if you would like to give this a try by yourself, feel free to visit those step-by-step -step guides. So of course we have our legal disclaimer, the collagen products shown here are intended for molecular biology applications. These products are not intended for the diagnosis, prevention, or treatment of a disease. We love to keep these webinars interactive. So if you could please participate by uh, first filling out the polls that we'll be launching throughout the meeting, they're really wonderful ways for us to collect feedback and make sure that we're tailoring these trainings to the things that you guys feel are the most pertinent, the most important to your research. Also, if you have any questions throughout the talk, we do have a few scientists that are waiting in the in the uh, wings to answer your questions through that Q&A box that's located um, on your screen here. So please feel free to um, take advantage of that. And that is also where we'll be taking some live questions from uh, during a few of the uh, breaks that we have throughout the presentation. One other place I wanted to draw your attention to is going to be the raise hand button located at the bottom of your screen typically. So this is a really quick way for me to um, ask you guys questions and get some feedback, get some answers, and try to keep this a little bit more interactive. So before we start with the actual content, I would love to make sure that that stuff is working appropriately. So if you guys could go ahead and click on that raise hand button at the bottom of your screen, I would be much appreciative. Awesome, it looks like it is working. Wonderful, excellent. All right, so let's get rocking and rolling. Okay, so microbial genomics demands it's really, really its own uh, set of tools. So we'll walk through a few of them today. So the first one is a workflow where you will be able to take reads from whole shotgun uh, sequencing and pop them into this taxonomic profiling uh, workflow. So at the end of the day, 
from those reads, we'll be able to generate um, insights into about, uh, you know, what microbes are present and about what the, the abundance are of all of these different microbes in your samples. Now there's multiple ways to view this types of, these types of data. So on the top here, I have a uh, stacked bar chart, as you can see right here. And this stacked bar chart is coming from a few samples that are obtained from two different patients that uh, have been treated with an antibiotic. So we've gone and take, taken samples on day zero. So that's uh, day zero of treatment, day six, and then day uh, 34. So what we're trying to uh, figure out is how the microbiome was affected by the introduction of that antibiotic into the system here. So just looking at this bar chart here, I know the font is very small and we will get into this a little bit deeper in, in the actual software, but you can see over here that um, day zero looks very different from day six, which um, looks different than uh, day 34 over here. And if you notice, day 34 and day zero kind of looks similar. So it's interesting to see that we have that impact made by the antibiotic on um, day six, and then we're kind of recovering on day uh, 34. Same goes for this patient as well, day zero, day six, and then day 34 over here. So you can see how the uh, micropopulation kind of uh, changes at day six, and then we start returning to our normal kind of baseline uh, populations on day 34. Another way that we can uh, view these fingerprints of the, uh, the microbial fingerprint of these samples is through another uh, chart down here called the sunburst chart. So once again, this gives you a flavor of how diverse your samples are and um, what those look like in your samples. So not only can we look at that um, abundance, but we uh, or that diversity rather, but we can also have a look at different facets of abundance. So the first one that we will be um, exploring is gonna be this alpha diversity. So what our alpha diversity is, is giving us a hint at is it's saying how diverse are my actual individual samples? How many, uh, for lack of a better term, bugs are present in uh, my samples? Are there a bunch of different kinds or is it just a couple that are really standing out here? Another thing that we can gain from this alpha diversity chart is you can see um, how much sequencing uh, did we do? Were we able to capture the full snapshot of all of the different microbes that are floating around in our samples or do we need to add a little bit more sequencing depth to our, um, to our to our experiment here. And that we can see by the um, plateauing off of these curves. So when we start plateauing off, we're not finding anything new in these samples. So therefore it's telling us that we did sequence enough to capture the full diversity of our samples. Another thing that we can gather from this alpha diversity is um, how diverse the samples are um, kind of between each other. So you can see that um, the sample or the patient number one tends to be a little bit uh, more spread out up here. So we have our uh, day zero, day six, day 34 um, up here versus our uh, patient number two, those guys all tend to be a little bit more grouped together. So that's indicating that really wasn't that uh, great of an impact on patient two as we saw in patient one. 
Another facet of diversity or abundance that we'll be checking out is gonna be our beta diversity. So beta diversity is just gonna give us an idea of um, how different or alike are our individual samples. So we can see here that we have, um, this is patient number one, colored in the red here, and we can see that these are um, kind of clustering away from each other. So this is telling us that day zero and day 34, which are clustering together in this top here, are very similar to each other when we um, look at that compared to the day six uh, sample down here. Same deal goes with the uh, sample number two. So we have day zero and day 34 clustering together and then day six kind of kicking off to the side here, indicating that it is um, a lot different than the day zero, day 34 samples here. Now we can do the same exact thing, except we can use reads from an OTU type approach. So the operational taxonomic units, this is where we're looking at the 16S, and we are um, using amplicon sequencing and grabbing those reads and uh, putting them through sequencing to have a look and examine the diversity of our samples here. So for this particular example that we're gonna be looking at today, it's one of my favorite uh, examples that we have in some of our tutorials, because I am definitely a uh, true crime type junkie, love watching and uh, watching those detective shows. So here we have a mock crime scene. And what this mock crime scene is, is we had some forensic scientists that went in and took dirt samples from crime scene, uh, from the crime scene. And then they took dirt samples from just two other random sites. We then have our um, suspect that the uh, forensic scientists went and took samples from the boots of this suspect. And we're gonna try to figure out were these boots um, closely related to the, um, to the crime scene itself versus the other random sites here. So we will, look at the diversity of the samples and then use the alpha and beta diversity to see whether or not those boot samples uh, resemble that crime scene or if they um, are kind of clustering away from that crime scene, indicating um, that this isn't the correct uh, person that we sus uh, suspect for this crime. Now, both of these types of approaches will set us up to be able to calculate differential abundance between the samples. So here we can see in this heat map back to the um, antibiotic treated uh, two patients here, we can see that day zero and day 34 very much kind of looks similar to each other, suggesting that um, after a bit of time, it looks like we are returning back to the um, kind of more normal state of diversity for the samples versus our um, day six, which definitely seems to be differentiating. The same uh, types of patterns can be visualized for uh, patient number two. However, this is a little less of um, a severe change uh, between the day zero, day six, and day 34. But um, ultimately, it is um, those patterns are detectable on this heat map. Now, if you were interested in figuring out uh, what species are shared by these different time point groups or different treatment groups, we are able to um, take your, your um, table of differential uh, abundance results and create a Venn diagram. So this will show you some of the shared different or shared species between different time points 
or overlapping with all of the time points here. So with that, I am going to launch a poll to make sure that these types of views are the things that you guys have come here to um, see today. If there are any other tools that you would like to, like to see or any other uh, plots or data visualizations that you were interested in looking at, please definitely let us know in the Q&A box and we will be sure to um, maybe try to cover some of those in our uh, breaks there. Okay, so now that we have um, kind of set the stage for what we're gonna go over today, let's talk about uh, CLC Genomics Workbench. So it really is your one-stop shop for all things sequencing. So this software is very fuser friendly. So scientists can drive their own analyses, even if they don't have experience in command line or data science or bioinformatics. Now today we're gonna be primarily focused on the microbial genomics module. So you can see here that we really have a Swiss army knife of uh, different tools here for all things, um, all different facets of sequencing. So we have long read, we have single cell analysis, epigenomics, we have our classical sequencing analysis, resequencing, what have you. So if you have uh, a need to do anything with any sort of sequencing uh, data, definitely, um, you know, CLC Genomics Workbench can, can help you out with all things uh, sequencing here. So let's start getting started in the software itself. So I'm gonna pop over to the CLC Genomics Workbench and we can have a look at our landing screen. So just uh, really quick, let's get a lay of the land here and all of the different bits and pieces that go into um, the software. So at the very top of the screen here, you'll notice that we have a bunch of shortcut buttons. So if you wanted to import data or export it, we have that. If you're interested in exporting maybe one of the graphics. So if you generated a plot, that's really cool. You can um, export it using your graphics tool or you can simply launch uh, different tools and workflows from this little rocket ship icon. The next spot that I wanted to show you is gonna be our browser or navigation area. So in this is gonna be very much like a Windows um, Explorer type setup where you're making folders that you're keeping some of your results in there and organizing all of the um, things that you might be generating with CLC Genomics Workbench. The next place is gonna be our toolbox. So at the bottom here, this toolbox is gonna to be um, where all of the tools and workflows live that you might want to uh, use throughout your analysis. So for today, we will be focused a lot on the microbial uh, workflows and tools, but you can imagine there's a ton of other stuff in here. So definitely have a look around and see what might, um, might be interesting for you guys to uh, use. Then in the middle here, this is where all of our visualizations and charts and everything that we want to um, look at is going to appear in this middle pane. When we first open up CLC Genomics Workbench, you'll notice that we have a bunch of getting started and tutorials and just really handy things to get you um, ready to roll with your data analysis. So definitely have a, have a look around there and see if there's anything um, useful for you. 
Along those lines, we do also have our help menu at the very top of the screen. So this help menu, once again, also contains a whole myriad of handy things to help you along your analysis uh, line here. So we have our online tutorials, we have our help and all of our documentation, as well as our contact support button. So if you guys ever run into an issue or wanted more information on something, feel free to visit that contact support button and submit your question there. Our uh, support scientists are um, rather quick and they are lovely to work with, so they'll be sure to answer your questions really quickly. Another place that we will be visiting today is up here in the top right-hand side of the screen. We have a bunch of uh, buttons, which if you're watching this as a re-recording, my camera might be um, sitting on top of those buttons, but fair not, these buttons are underneath um, the image of my head there, my floating head. So some of them that you want to um, be aware of is definitely our plugins. So the CLC Genomics Workbench starts with a few tools kind of already loaded up in the toolbox. But if you wanted to load up a few of the um, extra things, this is where you would go. So for instance, today, we would want to visit that plugins uh, button and just give that a click to go and have a look at um, what plugins are available for download and then what plugins I have already downloaded. So in this case, I have already downloaded the CLC Microbial Genomics module. So this is one that um, would love you guys to also download if you're gonna try this yourselves. And that can be accomplished by just going to this download plugins, and then you would click on this download and install button that is currently grayed out on my screen. One thing I did wanna bring your attention to is this warning at the bottom. So if you are downloading these plugins, please make sure that you are running CLC Genomics Workbench with administrator privileges. So what that means is you're gonna to go to the icon on your desktop for CLC and you're gonna right click and then hit run as administrator. And that will allow you to download the plugins and apply them to your instance of CLC Genomics Workbench. So very easy to do. Um, hopefully it's a, it's a nice guided process for, for you guys to follow here. Okay, so the next things that we want to um, potentially do, right, is um, we're going to be working with some uh, sequencing reads, and we're going to be doing some taxonomic profiling. So, of course, we need some sort of database or reference to um, compare these to. So the first um, things that we would want to do is, first of all, let's just have a look at some of the um, things that came along for the ride when we downloaded that plugin called uh, Microbial Genomics Module. So I'm gonna visit my toolbox area of my screen here, and I'm gonna look at two separate areas. So the very top of your, of your toolbox is gonna be your template workflows. So this is where we have already created kind of pre-configured uh, workflows that you guys can edit yourselves um, if you would like, but we've taken a bunch of our different tools and we've stitched them together. So it's a really easy place for you to start, drop in your data, and just let CLC kind of take the wheel and generate all of the different analyses and views that you would like to do. If you come from the train of thought that you would rather do things one by one and not in a workflow, very um, easy to do. You just go over here to the tools uh, list underneath the uh, workflows. And this is where we will visit the microbial geno uh, genomics module. 
When we open that up, there's going to be a whole bunch of different um, facets for microbial genomics that you might want to um, peruse. So for us today, what we're going to be playing around in is the metagenomics uh, folder, as well as this databases folder. So like I said, we want some sort of reference database to compare our sequences against. So let's go ahead and I will show you how to download those databases uh, through our easy to use tools here. So you're gonna go over to our, once again, toolbox into tools, and then we're gonna go and expand out this databases uh, folder right here by clicking on the plus sign. And from here, since we're doing taxonomic analysis, this is the one that we're gonna expand by clicking on that plus sign. And then you can see that there's a few different options here. So um, you can download a custom one, curated one, uh, all sorts of different things. One of the easiest uh, things that you can do is to download this curated microbial uh, reference databases. These are all kind of already made for you, so you don't have to um, pick and choose. So to launch this, you're gonna simply double click it. And it will walk you through this really easy uh, wizard on how to download these databases. Now there's a whole bunch of different databases that you can download. And if you wonder um, which one of these databases would be the most applicable to me, well, one of the things that you can do is go to your help button at the bottom of the screen here. This help button will bring you to a help page in our documentation that will explain everything that you see on this screen here. So if you wanna find out what some of these different databases are, feel free to um, click on that help button to get a look at um, what is contained in these databases. The next thing that you're gonna do is just simply accept the terms of uh, use. So these are Creative Commons um, type licenses. And then what you will do is you would save it into your um, navigation area. So maybe you would want to create a folder that's called uh, taxonomic references or something like that to keep track of what you just downloaded here. So I'm actually gonna click uh, cancel since we will be using a different database for our tutorial that's a lot uh, smaller to allow for much faster processing times here. So I'm gonna click cancel here. But for you guys, you would go to taxonomic analysis uh, tools underneath the microbial genomics module and click on that download curated microbial reference databases um, to look at your own uh, data here. So the next thing that we're gonna be doing now that we have uh, downloaded our, our references is we are gonna go ahead and download or rather upload our sequences into the CLC genomic workbench, as well as some metadata. And then um, perhaps you have uh, some other sort of reference database that you're not gonna be um, using these tools. You can actually download it just with a generic downloader uh, button here. So the first thing that we're gonna be doing is let's go ahead and um, grab our data. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna click on this import button at the very top of the screen. This import button is going to allow you um, to do a whole bunch of different things. So in our case, we are working with Illumina sequencing reads. So lo and behold, you will click on this Illumina uh, button on this menu here, and that will allow you to download some Illumina reads. So I'm gonna hit that import Illumina, 
And then very simply, all you're going to do is click on this add files button right here, and you're going to navigate out to wherever it is that you stored your um, sequences here. So I'm just going to grab some random sequences to show you um, how to do this, but you can grab those sequences that you've downloaded from that tutorial if you would like, and I'm going to click on open. There's a couple things that you should pay attention to on this import screen here. So the first one is going to be make sure that you have this paired reads checked since we have forward and reverse reads. So read one, read two. And um, the discard read names or the discard quality scores can um, also be checked or unchecked if you would like. If you have to do any sort of QC and trimming, it's always a good idea to keep those quality scores in. So I usually go ahead and um, uncheck that discard quality scores there. If you do decide to discard them, it just saves a little bit of space on your hard drive there. Once we're satisfied with all of that, everything else can stay um, stay at default. If you have sequencing that is spanning across different lanes of sequencing, if you're on different flow cells, you can go ahead and join those reads from uh, different lanes by clicking on that little checkbox. But in our case, we are good to go. So I'm just going to click on the next button. Here we can choose to either open all of those sequences or save them. And then you can actually even create individual folders for each of those uh, for each of those sequences there. So in this case, it's pretty much up to um, whatever you would like to do. If you'd like to save them all together or in different folders, go ahead and either um, check this or uncheck it. In this case, I am going to check it because I would love to have all of my sequences in separate folders. And then I'm going to hit next, and I will name a new folder that I'm going to be putting all my sequences into called uh, demo seek. And I'll click OK, and that will live um, up here. Once we are settled with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, just click finish here. So now that we have up uploaded all of our um, sequencing, our, our sequence reads, now we're going to go ahead and upload our uh, metadata. So we need some sort of metadata to be able to tell um, what are the different groupings and uh, different flavors between our different uh, samples here. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually just going to open up an uh, example of some of these um, metadata files just to give you an idea of uh, what I'm talking about here. So once again, these are great to use. Um, metadata is great to use when you're saying like, oh, this is my treated versus normal uh, controls. Maybe um, you have males versus females. And in our case, for our uh, sequencing, it's going to be uh, patient one versus patient two, day zero, day six, day 34, so on and so forth. So you can see here, here's an example of a metadata file where we just have our run as session IDs, we have all sorts of uh, information about what libraries they are. And then if you scroll over, we have some different facets that um, are accompanying the uh, samples here. So we have sex, we have disease, what type of cells, so on and so forth. So this is just a random example um, to show you about um, of a metadata table. So here we will upload our metadata table 
by clicking on our import metadata. What we're going to do is we're going to navigate out with our browse button to go and grab uh, metadata, that metadata table and click on OK. So when we do that, it should uh, give you a preview of your Excel file down here. And if that looks all um, in line with what you thought it would be, you're just going to click on Next. And now the next thing that you're going to do is um, you're going to associate this metadata with the data that you just uploaded using the Illumina sequencer upload. So to do that, you're just going to navigate out using this little folder icon to wherever it was that you stored your sequences um, in the uh, in your CLC uh, instance here. So if you remember, we just made a folder called demo seeks here that have our sequences in it. So I'm just going to grab that folder and then um, by uh, highlighting it here, then I'll click on my little arrow over button. That'll pop that uh, those uh, sequences over into the uh, right hand side over here. So now you can see that the uh, sequences that we want to pair with the metadata exists over here on the um, right hand side. So once we're satisfied with that, we can go ahead and click on that OK button and that will uh, proceed through the rest of the workflow. Once we're done with that, we're just going to go ahead and click on the next and we are going to figure out where do we want to save these, um, save this metadata. I suggest just saving it alongside those sequences so you know what it means. Um, so we're going to just drop it into that demo seek folder uh, right here. The last thing that we are going to import would be our special um, our, our special database here, and that can be done using the standard import uh, right here. So this is kind of like your generic importer. If you just want to grab files and bring them into CLC Genomics Workbench, like this um, kind of condensed um, file that we're going to bring in here. So once again, you would go out and you can uh, navigate within your file system, or this is a great point to, uh, great time to point this out, we can interface with the base space system too, or uh, file structures. So if you're storing your stuff on base space, we can um, grab it from there as well. So here, you're just going to go and um, add files, that you would like to import into CLC Genomics Workbench and then leave it as this automatic import um, uh, button right here to import those files. The next thing you're gonna do is gonna click on your next button and that's just gonna ask you, hey, where do you wanna save this? So again, I'm just gonna drop it into our demo seek folder to keep everything together here. So I'm gonna go ahead and click on the finish so just to um, briefly kind of go over what we've done. So we went and we used some of the import capabilities and we brought into CLT Genomics Workbench our sequences. So this is our um, shotgun, whole shotgun sequencing sequences. We brought those into the CLT Genomic Workbench. We also associated some metadata with those sequences as well. And then we dragged in a uh, condensed version of our uh, reference genome that we're gonna be using for our sequences here. So um, the next step in the process is going to be to um, start running some of our analyses now that we have everything in CLC and ready to go here.
So what we can do is we can go into our toolbox area of the screen down below, and we're gonna visit our template workflows. So here you can see there's a bunch of different flavors of template workflows, but today we're gonna to be playing around in this microbial workflows uh, space. So go ahead and expand out that little plus sign here. So you can see there's a few different options. Today we'll be focusing on our metagenomics option. So I'm gonna open that up. And of course, we're gonna be doing some taxonomic analysis with our whole shotgun uh, reads here. So to um, launch this uh, particular workflow, what you can do is double click on this data QC and taxonomic profiling. So what this workflow is, is again, it's a stitch together uh, smattering of different tools that we can just dump our data in and let it do all of these different processes all at once. So just to show you um, what that workflow kind of looks like, I'll open it up on the side here. We can see all of the different uh, steps of this process that the uh, workflow goes through. I apologize for the um, resolution on my screen over here. It's a little small. But you can see here's all the different tools that are present in this uh, workflow. So I'm going to go ahead and close this uh, and not save the changes, but you could save the changes if you uh, wanted to customize these workflows. But to get started, I'm going to go ahead and choose that data QC and taxonomic profiling once again. And I'm going to either double click it or right click it and hit run. And this will launch this workflow. Now, what we want to do is we want to go and grab our data that we have uploaded and um, tell CLC Genomics Workbench what we want to do with this data. So previous to um, our time spent together today, I have actually gone and already pre-baked all of the um, sequences and results and everything like that. So we're actually going to be playing with those um, data instead of what I just walked through. So that demo sequence uh, folder is going to be um, invisible. It doesn't, you know, it's not pertaining to anything we're doing here today. What we are going to be playing with is in the CLC data T7, I have um, this taxonomic profiling tutorial folder. That is a folder that I've uploaded everything in and run a bunch of results in. First things first is we want to select the input for the sample reads, right? So let's open up our sequences uh, folder. And we're gonna go and grab all of those reads that we uh, had uploaded before. So these are our three um, different time points. So day zero, day 34, and day six for two different patients. So we should have six paired uh, reads here. So I'll just highlight all of those and then click on this little arrow over button to include them in the selected elements area. From there, I'm gonna go ahead and click on the next button. Here we can have the ability to trim our reads if you would like to. Um, you can either uh, leave these at default, which is what I'm gonna do today, or you can adjust those. If you ever have a question on um, whether or not you should be adjusting things or what they mean um, that we're not getting in, uh, into today, please visit that help button that's located at the bottom of the screen here. It will uh, go over things in depth uh, for you so you can figure out if those are things that you want to change. But since we're gonna leave it at default, we're just gonna go ahead and click that next button at the bottom. 
So here we want to uh, specify what our reference index is going to be. So this could be that uh, curated database that we uh, downloaded. This could be one that we um, that we uploaded, that, that condensed version, which is exactly what we're going to be using today. So to point CLC at that reference uh, database, what we're going to do is we are going to hit that little uh, folder icon here. We're going to navigate down to our folder, to our taxonomic profiling tutorial. We're going to grab that reference database and just pop it over onto um, into that selected elements area here using that little arrow over button. Once we are done with that, we're going to go ahead and click that OK button. If you wanted to filter out um, some host genome, you're able to do so by clicking on that little checkbox and um, choosing your host uh, genome index there as well. But for our case today, we are not gonna be doing that. So I'll just leave um, all of that alone. And then I'll go ahead and click on the next button, which will then ask us, do we want to open or save things? And here we would want to um, save the results from this workflow. So what we're gonna do is um, change this little radio button over to save and then um, click on this create workflow uh, result metadata as well. So we're going to go ahead and click on that next button right here. And then we'll be able to tell uh, CLC where we want to save the results from this workflow here. So what I've gone ahead and done is I went and um, created a data QC uh, and taxonomic workflow results folder. So that is where I would um, want to store my results here. So feel free to either create a new folder or uh, input them into a folder that you've already created here. And then once you're satisfied with that, you're going to go ahead and click on that finish button. I'm going to actually click on cancel here um, since I've already pre-baked it here. One thing that I did want to mention that I just realized that I did forget to tell you guys about is when we are um, selecting those sample reads for our workflow, right? So we went and grabbed those sequences um, from our uh, T7 folder here grabbed all my sequences, popped them over into my selected elements folder. So we have this little batch uh, checkbox at the bottom here. It's important to um, pay attention to that. And what we want to do is we wanna have that batch uh, checked. What this is going to tell CLC to do is it's processing all of these sequences uh, together as a single entity all at the same time. If you leave it unchecked, it's just gonna do one and uh, you're gonna have to keep going back in and doing the workflow. So I apologize that I forgot to show you that, but um, when you're uh, checking, grabbing those sequences you wanna run, be sure to check that batch uh, checkbox at the bottom there. So we would um, let that kind of process behind the scenes um, but like I said, I did the kind of cooking show trick and I have already pre-run these so we don't have to wait for them to process. So let's go and have a look at some of the outputs from this workflow here. So I'm gonna go up to my navigation area and I'm just gonna navigate to the folders that I had saved uh, my taxonomic profiling uh, results into. So taxonomic profiling tutorial. So here's our sequences, and you can see here's our paired sequences, our metadata, our reference databases. 
here is our uh, results that we're getting out of the workflow here. So you should have a folder if you um, told, uh, feel free to separate these into different folders. And each individual folder will contain a bunch of different reports for each of these individual um, sequence pairs. So we have a trimming report. So this is telling us um, how well did the uh, trimming do, what's the quality of that trimming, so on and so forth. We have our graphical uh, QC report. So once again, this is gonna give us an idea of um, the quality of our sequences going into our um, workflows here. And then um, our supplementary QC report, this has a few more kind of um, nitty gritty details about your, uh, about your um, sequences here, if you'd, if you'd like to have a look at that. But what we're gonna really focus um, some time on here is going to be our um, the taxonomic profiling report. So we're gonna give that a double click and have a, have a look at it. Here's where we can go over some of the um, results over in the taxonomic level, where's the, you know, the reads, what were unclassified, what's the total, so on and so forth. And then finally, we can have a look at some of the views. Now, remember, these views are just uh, four individual sequence pairs here. So we're just looking at one of those samples and one of those time points. So here we can have our whole list of all the different species and bacteria that are involved in this sample. At the very bottom here, you can change this view from the table over to our stacked bar chart. That'll give you an idea of what is present in this individual sample. Then we can switch over to that sunburst chart again at the bottom here, if you would like to view those um, results in the sunburst chart here. And then, of course, you can add as many um, levels as you care to add to your sunburst chart. So right now we just have two levels, but maybe we want to have five levels or even six levels. So you can play around with the slider here to add more or less levels to your sunburst chart. Now, what if we wanted to um, change the how these visuals are being showed to us? So maybe you wanted to um, change how you're aggregating the samples. So maybe we wanted to um, aggregate by subject or so on and so forth. You can change the different colors as well um, to be reflective of whatever your taste is for viewing these plots. But all of that information is over here on the right hand side. Now, if this is something that you would like to export to include, say, in a lab report or in a, um, in a publication, feel free to go ahead and use that export graphics button at the very top um, to get that out into, a, um, into an image format there. So with that, we have already covered a lot. And I will pause to see if you guys have any questions that have arisen uh, while I was chatting. Sure. Uh, thanks, Kristen. Doing great so far. A um, couple questions came up um, uh, that had come up. Uh, one was about like sort of the database that you had downloaded. Uh, <clears throat> they asked specifically if it was like tailored towards human or, uh, you know, so I guess maybe if you could give uh, a little bit of uh, more about the, the curated databases that I guess are there or uh, that and is there ability to sort of create your own? Yeah, absolutely. So let's go down. So in the toolbox area, so once again, we'll kind of navigate down to our microbial genomics module and into this databases. 
So there's a bunch of different flavors of um, microbial genomics uh, databases that you can upload to CLC Genomics Workbench. Today, we're working on the taxonomic um, analysis. So if you guys wanted to do a custom database and you know what the bugs are that you're trying to look at, um, you can create a custom database by double clicking this and importing it uh, that way. And then for these curated databases, we've tried to make it easy on you guys so you don't have to make your own databases. And we've included a whole bunch of different databases that are geared towards different facets of uh, microbial genomics. Now to get more information about what all of these are geared for, go ahead and give that help button a click here. So that will launch our um, help material where we can go through and we have our description of all of the databases that are present and um, able to be downloaded for a curated uh, reference databases here as I scroll through. So hopefully that answered your question. I think it should. Uh, you just a little bit more in more detail than I was able to, to type in chat uh, text as well. So Wonderful. Um, the other one would um, somebody asked if there was like a template for the metadata. Um, so just, you know, uh, maybe what's the minimum amount of information or, you know, uh, I guess a little bit more information about the metadata. And Sure, you can think of your metadata as, uh, you know, what do you want to compare in your experiment? So the very, um, the very least that you'd want to include is your um, sample IDs, right? So you want to know what uh, sequences are your individual samples. And then for instance, in our case, since we're looking at two different patients that have three different time points um, uh, during their antibiotic uh, treatment, I would include uh, metadata that shows, um, actually, you know what, let me just open this up as I'm talking through it. I'm gonna include metadata that has our um, subjects, right? So we have our subject one, subject two, we have our treatment phase. Is it before? Is it during? Is it after um, antibiotic uh, introduction? Here is our days. So think of it any way that you want to um, compare things at the end of your workflow, include it in your metadata. Another thing that you could do is say you already imported your metadata and you realize at the end of the day, like, oh, I think, you know, uh, sex might be affecting things and I want to try to control for it or compare it. What you can do is that actually go in after the fact and just add that into your uh, metadata here. So you can go to your edit table and um, add that into your uh, metadata here to allow for you to create some cool comparisons downstream. So yeah, very simply, anything you wanna compare, add it into your metadata. At the very least, just include your sample IDs here. Cool, yeah. Um I think a lot of the other questions I'll, I'll say are leading because they are probably stuff that you're going to cover in like OTU clustering. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll leave them for the next break. Uh, I do appreciate the uh, allowing us to sort of uh, ask some questions mid flow. Sure. Of course. All right. So let's get back at it. So we have um, started, we just ran our um, taxonomic profiling workflow from our whole shotgun uh, sequencing. So just to recap everything that we have done, I'm going to go through my slides. First and foremost, we downloaded that plugin, right? We downloaded our microbial genomics module plugin to get started with things. 
We then went and downloaded our curated microbial reference database. In our case, we did have one that was a little bit different, but you guys would be going and uh, choosing either a curated one, or maybe you do have your own custom uh, reference database. But we did this by visiting our databases uh, in um, the microbial genomics module. We then imported our reads using the Illumina uh, sequencer um, import tool. We then imported our metadata um, using our import metadata tool. And then we launched our taxonomic uh, profiling and run data QC workflow, which took multiple different tools and stitched them together into one easy to use workflow here. So that's pretty much where we have um, where we have landed. So here's just a few more slides for your reference um, when you're trying things out on your own of how to set up that workflow run, including that batch check that I did forget to show you guys at the beginning. So make sure you have that batch checked. And then all of our individual sample results. Now, at the end of the day, we have all of our different individual samples, but that's not super meaningful to us right now because we kind of want to see what is happening um, across all of the samples. So opening these, these guys up kind of one by one is a little bit um, annoying, to be honest with you. So what we want to do is we want to be able to take all of these uh, results and merge them into one place. So that's exactly what we are going to do um, at this time. So what we're gonna navigate to is going to be our uh, merge and estimate diversities workflow. So once again, in our toolbox, the bottom uh, left-hand side of the screen here, gonna go to your template workflows, into your microbial workflows, into your metagenomics. We're gonna open that guy up. We're gonna open up the taxonomic analysis. And in here, you'll notice that we have this merge and estimate alpha and beta diversities workflow. So this is what we are going to launch at this time. So here we can double click on it or right click and run. And just like we kind of did before when we launched the other workflow, what we're going to do is we are going to select our abundance tables uh, from uh, the results that we just generated before, and we're going to add them into our selected elements. Because remember, the name of the game is to take all of these different uh, abundance uh, table reports and merge them into one so we can look at everybody together. So what we're going to do is we're going to just navigate to those folders that I stored them in and um, grab all of those uh, merged uh, results here. So again, I have them stored in this data QC taxonomic workflow results. I'm going to open that up. You can either one by one go in, highlight, arrow over, or you can do a uh, shortcut and add. So what I did is I right clicked on this top level folder of the data QC taxonomic workflow results. This is where I stored my stuff before. I right clicked on it and then chose this add folder contents recursively. That's just like a little tip and trick to make things a little bit faster. And you can see here, we've selected all six of our um, elements here, all six of our abundance tables that we want to merge together to make it easier to look at. At this point, we have our um, batch guy at the bottom here that we wanna pay attention to. 
So in our case, we want to run all of this stuff together and have one conglomerate kind of output. So instead of checking this like we would have done with our workflow, we're going to leave it unchecked. So we end up with that one abundance table that's everybody merged together. So remember to leave that unchecked. Now we're going to go to our next button and carry on through the workflow here. For alpha uh, diversity, you can choose a whole bunch of different parameters. Uh, make sure to uh, consult the help button down here if you want to learn a little bit more about these per, uh, parameters. But for now, we're just gonna leave everything at default. Next, we're gonna look at uh, beta diversity. If you want to do beta diversity using a few different uh, methods, you can do so. Uh, again, use that help button to look at what those different methods are. But in this case, we're just going to go with the Bay Curtis and we're going to hit our next button at the bottom. Lastly, we'll end up on this result handling window that we've seen multiple times before. It's just asking us, hey, where do you want to save this stuff? Um, do you want to create metadata um, results? Another thing also that CLC does really well is it uh, will allow you to create logs along the way. So if you're working for a lab, like a public health lab or something like that, where you need really strict record keeping and chain of custody on things, this create log can be very handy for um, folks that need that. But in this case, I am just gonna go ahead and click on my next button which will then ask me, hey, where do you want to store this merged result, uh, results here? So for our case, I actually have a folder that I've already stored our merged abundance tables in. So this is where you guys could create a new folder and name it maybe the same thing, merged abundance tables, and then drop the results in that individual folder. And once you are satisfied with that, go ahead and click on that finish button and things will run behind the scenes and uh, be deposited into those folders. Now down in our toolbox, one thing that I should mention is that not only do we have all of the bits and pieces that we can run in CLC, but we also have this processes tab. So this processes tab will help you figure out um, what has run, what is running, how much time do we have left on things, um, so on and so forth. So this is where you can go and say, oh, okay, you know, this is almost halfway done running. I have plenty of time to go run to Starbucks and grab myself a latte and come back and finish out the rest of my analysis here. So that's a great place to um, check that. So um, like I mentioned before, I have already done uh, the merging of all of these uh, all of these tables, so we don't have to wait around for things. So those are going to be present in my merged abundance tables uh, folder here. So I'm going to go ahead and open up that folder. So here we have um, all of the results from this workflow. I'm just going to sneak this out a little bit so we can see. We have our merged abundance table. So this looks very much like the same table that we looked at before except we have all six of our samples here. So now these bar charts, these stack bar charts are a little bit more meaningful to us. So we can see that all of our day one samples are on the left-hand side, all of our day two sample or sample two is all on the um, right-hand side. We have our day zero, our day six, and then our day 34. And we can see that by the um, different colors of the stack bar chart, 
that we definitely have a decrease in diversity come day six after antibiotic treatment, but it looks like we are rebounding back to a more diverse sample on day 34. The same deal goes for sample number two over here. We have our day zero, day six, day 34, where we see a little bit of a decrease in diversity, and then it kind of goes back up to what it was uh, prior to treatment. You can also look at things like in a sunburst chart. So at the bottom here, where I went and clicked on my stacked bar chart, you can also click on your sunburst chart and have a look at that. And once again, you can change all of the different levels if you wanna get more granular with some of your data here. So feel free to change that if you would like, so on and so forth. There are a whole bunch of different um, settings that you can apply to some of these views that you have here, um, aggregating your samples, perhaps by day or perhaps by uh, patient. So let's go back to our bar chart just so I can show you what that looks like. Here we're just aggregating our samples by the sample names. So that's just gonna parse everybody out, all six samples by itself. What if we wanted to look at say uh, by day? So here we're taking both patient one and patient two and putting them together into our baseline or day zero, our day six, and then our day 28. And we can see that change in diversity um, from zero to day six to uh, day 28 here. You can also say, hey, let's look at the different subjects. So subject one versus subject two, where it looks like subject one is a little bit more diverse because we have a lot more different uh, colors, which signify different bugs in the sample versus uh, sample two over here. So the next couple things that we want to look at are going to be our alpha and beta diversity. So under this merged abundance tables, we have these other results right here. So one of them is going to be our alpha diversity, and the other one is going to be our beta diversity, which is in the form of a PCA plot. So let's go ahead and have a look at our alpha diversity first. So I'm gonna just double click that result to open it up in our uh, pane in the middle here. So for alpha diversity, what we're doing is, first of all, we are looking to see um, how diverse our samples are. So how many bugs are present in our um, samples? So for um, these individual samples, we can see that subject number two, which is signified by our light blue, our uh, weird gray color, and this other green color, they tend to be a little less diverse than, say, subject one, which seems to be um, a little bit higher um, in diversity of total number of different uh, bacteria that are present. So we can uh, get our kind of insights that way and say, all right, sample one uh, versus sample two, looking at the diversity between the two samples and within the samples. You also can have a look and say, uh, did I sequence enough to really capture the full um, image of how diverse these samples are? Because if you don't sequence enough, you're not gonna catch all of the new and maybe uh, low abundance uh, bacteria that might be present in your sample. To be able to see if you sequenced enough, we're just simply looking to make sure that these uh, abundance curves have flattened off at the top. That means that we have kind of reached our sequencing saturation and we're not finding any new uh, bacteria in this uh, particular sample here. 
if you wanted to change the different views, maybe you want to change, say, sample two to be shown as a dashed line rather than a solid line. You have plenty of options to do so over here on the right. So I'll say maybe I want to change my subject uh, to be a long dash. Maybe I want sample one to be a short dash or maybe a, you know just regular line. There's multiple ways you can do this with the uh, colorings and the dashes and all of that to be able to keep track of things. So now that we've looked at our alpha diversity, let's go ahead and look at our beta diversity. So I'm gonna go over here to our PCA uh, Ray Curtis plot here, double click on it. That'll open up our uh, a PCA plot for our um, beta diversity here. So remember, this is looking for the diversity between samples, showing us how alike or dissimilar samples might be. So to do, to have a better look at this graph, let's take advantage of some of the settings over here on the right-hand side to make this a little bit easier to uh, view. So the first one that we're going to do is we're going to change the color here. So let's change the coloring to be represented um, representative of the different uh, subjects. So let's change from the sample name down to subject. So now we have sample one in green and sample two in uh, this violet color. So now we can see that day zero and day 33 tend to be clustering together and they look more similar to each other for both of our patients versus our day six uh, time point. So this is indicating that the antibiotics are doing something to the uh, microbes in the body and kind of changing that diversity, but it is bouncing back at the end of the day. You can also view this plot as a 3D plot. So if you're not uh, keen on the 2D plot, you can change over to your 3D. I'm going to quickly just change the background because I am not a fan of this black background because it's hard for me to interpret. Click on OK. And here we can see um, here are all of our uh, samples. And once again, we see that day 34 clustering with day zero and day six is kind of doing its own thing off to the side. Feel free to change the colors for these plots um, to make them more interpretable. And they're also, since they're 3D, you're able to move them around and um, have a look at the different angles on the uh, PC1, PC2, and PC3 axes here. If you were um, interested in, say, uh, looking at the table, you can go down here and um, look at the table here. That will give you all of your PC results in a table format. But maybe you wanted to see that kind of alongside your PCA plot. So what you can do is you can just go to the bottom here and we're going to select just our 2D PCA plot. But while I'm doing, while I'm clicking on that, I'm just going to hold down the control button. That will split the view. So now we have our uh, chart, our table up here at the top and then our, PC, our PCA plot at the bottom. And always remember that if you are interested in exporting these as graphics, please feel free to uh, use that graphics export button at the very top of the screen here. 
Okay, so now we have gone through and we've looked at uh, the alpha and beta diversity and emerged abundance table, and we have gotten uh, gotten to the the results of okay, it looks like you know the antibiotics are impacting our patients. It's impacting it on uh, day six. It's kind of dragging down the diversity, and then we're starting to bounce back when we get to uh, day thirty four here. So now that we have that in mind. Let's go ahead and run some statistics on um, those abundance tables here. So there's a few different uh, statistics that you can run. So just by a show of hands, how many folks are going to be doing um, comparisons where maybe you're only looking at two groups side by side? Fabulous, it looks like a couple of you guys are doing that, excellent. How, um, thank you for raising your hands. Now, how many folks are planning on having uh, multiple groups, so more than two groups? Maybe you have different days kind of side by side, if you could raise your hand there. Seems like that one's uh, very popular as well, much more popular. So in our case, we're doing three uh, different groups here, right? We have day zero, day six, and day 34. And then remember, it's really 12 groups because we have the two different patients. So in, we have different ways to run the statistics depending on what you want to get at the end of the day. So going back to our toolbox over here, we're gonna open that up and um, have a look at some of the options that we have for running these stats here. So in the, uh, in the metagenomics um, workflow or the metagenomics toolbox over here, you can see that there's a bunch of different tools. So if you would like to um, run some analysis here, this is where you would visit. So again, in our tools, microbial genomics module, metagenomics, and then we're gonna visit our abundance analysis tab. And this is where we have a few different flavors of stats that we can run. So we have our Perm, perm ANOVA analysis. So this would be a tool for folks that are looking to uh, obtain ANOVA style statistics. So if you're looking at more than you know two groups here, it's measuring the effect size and the significance, and it is all driven by once again these wizard tutor uh, these wizard uh, driven kind of interfaces. So what we would do is we would go and um, we want to grab the abundance table of the um, from that merged abundance table, right? We want to get all of our results into this statistic, um, this stats analysis here. So what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and have a look in our uh, folder. We're going to navigate to where we have our merged abundance table. So here is our merged abundance table. We're gonna hit that arrow over button and it's gonna appear on the right-hand side. We're gonna go ahead and click on the okay button. Then we can click on next. There's a whole bunch of different parameters that you can apply here. Um, if you wanted to create, say a phylogenetic tree, we have the ability to do that, so on and so forth. And once again, I'm gonna to point to that help button to get more information on how and what to uh, do with some of these uh, settings. But in this case, we're just gonna simply click on the next button and leave things at default. Here, we're gonna choose to save our result and we'll choose a folder to drop our results into. In this case, I've already gone ahead and done this. So I'm just gonna click on the cancel button and I'll show you guys what those perm um, ANOVA results look like. So you can see here, I have an other results folder where we have a whole bunch of uh, different um, 
um, outputs here. So here's your PermaNova analysis. I'll double click on that. And it will give you an idea of how uh, different, what's the effect and what's the significance between all of your different groups. Now, what if you only had two groups um, that you wanted to compare? Well, we have this differential abundance analysis tool right here that we can visit. So let's give that one a double click and it's gonna be the same exact kind of um, start to it where we're gonna go and choose the abundance table that we would like to um, launch into this tool. So once again, we're gonna use the um, folder, little magnifying glass. We're gonna choose our merged abundance table with all six of our samples. We're gonna hit the arrow over button. And then once we're good, we'll click on that okay button. And then you're gonna specify what is the metadata factor that you wanna compare here? So in our case, we are interested in looking at the uh, differences between uh, day. And perhaps because we did see a little bit difference in between our two subjects, they are humans, they are gonna be uh, very different. We can uh, ask uh, CLC Genomics Workbench to adjust for that factor here. So we're gonna adjust for that patient or the uh, subject here. You can add um, adjustments by clicking on this little plus sign and choosing them. These are coming straight up from your metadata table. So these are your metadata table um, columns that you've added in. You can do multiple things. You can do an ANOVA-like. You can just do all group pairs, or you can compare it against a control group. So in our case, maybe we want to um, use baseline as our control, control group and then compare our day six and day 28 against our control group. So that is uh, what we can do here. And once we're satisfied with that, we're just gonna go ahead and click the finish and save our results into a folder that is easy to um, get to. So I'm gonna go ahead and click on the cancel and just open up that differential abundance analysis uh, result here. So you can see that we have our uh, table over here, if we scroll over, we have our full changes and our p-values and all sorts of goodies um, in this table. We can also visit these little icons at the bottom and check out the Venn diagram. So this will show us what uh, bacteria are being shared or are different between these different groups. And here is another place that we can take advantage of our split screen. So I'm gonna bring back that table by holding down my control button clicking on the little table uh, icon at the bottom here to give myself a split screen. So now when I'm on this Venn diagram and I say click on uh, six, this is the six different bacteria that are shared between all the groups. They will be highlighted in my table below. So you can really have a good look as to uh, what is being shared or is different between these individual groups here. Another way that folks love to look at these uh, differential um, abundance would be through a heat map. So we have a tool for that called this Create Heat Map for Abundance Table. So we're gonna give that a double click. Here we're gonna once again, just select our merged abundance table, pop that over into our selected elements uh, pane right here, click on next. Here we can um, set some, settings for clustering, but in this case, I'm gonna leave it as defaults, click on next. You can filter here. So if you wanted to uh, filter and say, I only want the top 100, I only want specific, uh, specific bacteria, so on and so forth, you can do that. 
Um, in this case, I am going to say I'm going to specify different features and select only different uh, bacteria that I'm interested in. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to copy and paste a whole list of the bacteria that I care about into the specify features box. And then um, I'm going to go ahead and click on the next button. In this case, it is uh, grayed out just because I have um, different settings here. So once that is all set up, you're going to go ahead and save that result into a folder of your choosing. And um, here we can see that here is our heat map uh, result here. So I'm going to give that a um, double click. And you can see here, let me get rid of this split screen to give us a little bit more room. We have our, um, we have our heat map over here that shows us that our Day zero and day 34 are more similar to each other than our day six, once again. So this is just another way of looking at your differential uh, results here. So in this uh, point, I will take a break, but I do um, want to warn you that it looks like we might run over time a little bit. So I hope you stick around, but if you can't, no worries. This is being recorded, so you can always go and um, revisit things if we do go over time uh, today. So Sean, if we have any questions, I would love to take them. Sure. Um, a lot of your questions are coming up about like OTU clustering. So that's sort of why I, I tabled them to, to sort of later. Um, right. But you did talk about uh, alpha diversity. So a question did come up about rare fractions. And and so uh, I, I guess kind of answered it for you, but the, uh, the sort of correlation between the two uh, just I, I don't know if you pointed out the that the alpha diversity and rare fraction, uh, you know, that's where you can make those curves specifically. Uh, actually, Sean, do you mind elaborating a little bit on sure. that? Well, I mean, if you just click on the alpha diversity uh, uh, tool right there uh, in the yeah, tool. Yeah. Box. Yep. And it's it just one of the steps that just grab a, a table real quick. You'll notice that. Um, that uh, the rare fractions will be available for you to um, to select. It's it's in the next step. Okay, it looks like I can't go forward. Um, uh, without... just, just just get rid of the phylogenetic diversity. Just hit cancel and uncheck. Oh, the... let's grab that. Yep. Okay. Hit next. Yep. And so this is just rare fraction analysis. And so I was just. Wanted to point out, you know, because oftentimes uh, alpha diversity and rare fraction are sort of commonly like synonymous, if you will. And so I was just pointing out that that's where one would be able to sort of make those changes. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that, Sean. Yes, not a problem. Uh, it's definitely one that uh, comes up a bit, but also kind of on the hidden side. Um, and then, I mean, really, a lot of the other questions, I'm, I'm just going to let you go because they were about like OTU databases and how we match to OTU databases and things along those lines. So I really think you're going to answer a lot of the other questions in the, the next little bit. Fabulous. All right. Yeah. So um, let's cruise on through um, what we're doing here today. So just to recap what we've done, we went and merged all of those uh, profile tables together. So we're able to look at all six of our samples kind of in one place. We then estimated our alpha and beta diversities using our um, template workflow for that here in our uh, toolbox. Then we took those, that merge table and we ran some statistical analysis on it. So we, uh, I showed you how to do the permanova, our differential abundance analysis, and also how to create a heat map here. 
So to shift gears a little bit, we also are going to go over that OTU clustering. So here is a case where we are not doing our whole shotgun sequencing. Rather, our reads are coming from uh, sequencing a portion of the 16S region and looking at that amplicon and um, mapping that and in, in counting up the abundance of those, uh, of those amplicons here. So once again, a lot of the workflows um, are going to be very similar to what we just went through. So the very first uh, place that we can go here is to import our sequences. So once again, we just went through and uh, use those import uh, functionalities and used Illumina. And actually, this is a nice point in time. Uh, is there anybody here uh, that uses something other than Illumina? So if you could raise your hand, hit that raise hand button. If you use um, non-Illumina reads, I know they are very popular. But um, it's just a it's a good good bit to know here. Awesome, thank you guys. Now, um, so we can import our reads. So if you had something other than Illumina, we have importers uh, for those other types of reads, or you can use your standard import. We would then, when we have our sequences imported, we go through and import the metadata just like we did the first time around. We would grab um, that file that just has our sample IDs, what they are, what the attributes that we want to compare, all listed out um, on this metadata table. So in this case, we are um, looking at a different use case where we have that mock crime scene where we have three different soil samples. So one coming from a crime scene, two coming from other random sites. And then we have our suspect we took uh, samples from their boots. So we're trying to figure out were those boots in the crime scene? And um, since it's the uh, suspect's boots, probably were um, wearing those while committing the crime. So that's the case study that we're gonna be going over today. So we've downloaded our uh, metadata that tells us all of that information about what sites they are, what boots they are. And then of course, we want to um, download our reference uh, databases. So once again, uh, we're gonna go ahead and visit that tool in our toolbox. So I'm gonna scroll down to our tools. I'm gonna go into our microbial genomics module, into our metagenomics uh, folder, into taxonomic, uh, I'm sorry, amplicon-based, analysis here. So this is where all of our Amplicon-based OTU uh, tools are. But since we're downloading our um, database, we're going to go into our database folder and go into, again, that Amplicon-based analysis where we can download our Amplicon-based reference database. So again, this is all driven by our uh, wizards, our um, easy-to-use wizards, where you can go and select what your database is that you're using. There's a ton of them here. So you can um, always find out more information about those databases under that help button to um, help you figure out which ones you want to pick. And then you would, again, just go and, uh, you know, select the uh, terms of use and tell them that you're OK with that and save those references into your instance of CLC Genomics Workbench. So that is how you would download those uh, OTU uh, Amlicon-based analysis databases. So again, under microbial genomics module in the tools, and then under databases, and in the Amplicon-based analysis, you're going to launch that tool inside of there.
So I've already gone ahead and done all of this beforehand. So we're able to just start launching some of our uh, workflows here. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna scroll all the way to the top of our toolbox again, and we're gonna visit our microbial workflows. So we already have um, handy dandy little stitch together, um, amplicon based analysis workflow that we can run. So I'm gonna open up our metagenomics folder, go to amplicon based analysis, open that guy up. And then we have this tool called, or rather this workflow called data QC and OTU clustering. We're gonna go ahead and give that a double click. From here, what we want to do is go and uh, grab all of our sequences that were coming from our uh, sequence 16S region amplicons here. So I did, uh, previous to this, already upload those into my OTU clustering folder. So I'm gonna open that guy up, go into sequences. And here we can see all of our sequences from not only the boots, but the different crime, the crime scenes, and then we have our site two and site three as well. So I'm gonna go ahead and just grab all of those sequences and bring them over to our selected elements uh, window by clicking on the arrow over button. Then I will click on the next button. Here we will, um, we can tell uh, the workflow to trim off any of the uh, primers, or um, extra bits here by using our trim reads. So in this case, for our um, example, I've actually gone ahead and uploaded a list of all the primers that were used to amplify uh, these amplicons here. So we can um, upload that list itself. So you can see here we have the 16S primers round robin. This is our list of primers. And I'm going to ask uh, CLC Genomics Workbench to trim off those primers for me, potentially. So you can go and use that little magnifying glass to navigate to your primer list if that's something that you choose to do. Once you're good with that, you're going to go ahead and click on the next button. So here is where we are going to uh, choose our OTU database. So this is uh, a database that we downloaded using that database uh, download tool. So here we're gonna just go and navigate to the database that we have uh, previously downloaded for our example here. So using that little uh, magnifying glass, you'll navigate to your database file, click on that, and then we're gonna go to the bottom and click on the next button. Here we're gonna choose to save it. You're gonna drop it into a folder of your choosing and we can uh, now go review some of the results that come out of our OTU clustering. So here um, you guys would be clicking on that finish button, but I'm gonna go ahead and click on the cancel button since I've already done this uh, previous to our time together. So I'm gonna open up my OTU clustering folder right here. So first and foremost, we have our sequences, we have our primer list, we have our reference database that I've already downloaded, and this is all in my sequences folder. So what I'm gonna do is gonna go into my results folder. So there's a few different results in here. We can um, have a look at the OTU uh, report. So the OTU report is just gonna give us, uh, open that up, a sense of the overall, um, how well this ran, QC, uh, type parameters to have a look and make sure that everything is um, up to par. The other thing that we want to look at is this OTU table. So I'm going to go ahead and give that a double click. 
And this kind of looks like what we saw before, right? Except this is just a little bit different data because we're using those 16S um, amplicon type um, sequencing inputs. So we have our table with the whole list of the different bacteria, but at the bottom of the screen here, we can either choose our VARS, VARS chart, our stack bar chart, or our starburst chart, sunburst chart, um, so on and so forth. So here we can see um, all of our different samples kind of laid out. You can also see the um, sunburst chart here to see what is um, comprised of this. Now, the next step that we would like to do to really have a good look to see um, who, which one of these samples are similar to each other. Let me just close out of all out of all of these. What we're going to do is we're going to first of all we're going to filter out all of those low abundance OTUs so they don't kind of muddy our uh, results and we can really get at um, get at things a little bit easier. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to scroll down to our tools. And I'm going to go into our microbial genomics module, into our metagenomics. I'm going to go into my amplicon-based analysis and open that guy up. Here, we can choose our remove OTUs with low abundance. And this will just remove all of those low abundance uh, uh, calls that are kind of uh, you know, adding a little noise to our data. So we can choose our OTU table that we've generated in the previous step by clicking on our little arrow over button and it pops into our selected elements pane. Here we can click on the next button. It'll ask you uh, what your parameters for filtering out those low abundance OTUs are. Feel free to change those if you uh, see fit and visit that help button to get more information on those parameters. But here we're just gonna go ahead and click on that next button. Here it'll ask you, how do you want to handle your results? Do you want to save them? What folder do you want to save them into? So on and so forth. So when you're uh, satisfied with what folder that you're saving into, go ahead and click on the finish button. I'll click on the cancel button though, so we can um, look at what I've already made. So here in the low abundance removed folder, we have another OTU table here. And you can see that it has this term filtered after it. So this OTU table, when we open it up, we have that same exact list of all of the different bacteria present in all of our samples. But when we switch over to our uh, stack bar chart or our sunburst chart, things will be um, filtered. All of those low abundance um, calls will be filtered out here. So now what we can do, now that we've filtered out all of those low abundance um, OTUs, we can now go ahead and estimate the um, alpha beta diversity for the uh, filtered uh, OTU tables here. So scrolling back to the very top of the screen here to our template workflows, we're gonna once again go into microbial workflows, into amplicon-based analysis under the metagenomics folder, and then we're gonna go to our estimate alpha and beta diversities workflow here. I'm gonna give that a double click to open it up. And first screen that we're going to go to is we're going to select our abundance table that we would like to use to feed into this uh, tool. So remember, we just made a uh, OTU table that's filtered out all of our low abundance OTUs. So I'm going to choose that filtered table by selecting it, hitting our arrow over button so it becomes part of our selected elements box. And then I'll go ahead and click on the next. Once again, you're able to uh, change some of the parameters for alpha diversity and for beta diversity if you so choose. 
Um, if you want to find out more, once again, go to that help button. It'll describe everything in detail, but we're gonna leave everything at default and I'm just gonna go ahead and click the next button. Here, I'm gonna save my results and then I'm gonna deposit it into a folder so I know uh, where, my, uh, where my results have gone. So you guys would be clicking on that finish button. I'm gonna go ahead and click on that cancel button. So at the end of that workflow, you're gonna be left with a few outputs. So once again, we have our alpha diversity. So I'm gonna double click on our alpha diversity for our filtered OTU table, where we see all of these different curves here for our alpha diversity. So again, this is estimating um, the diversity within the sample. So right now we have things um, colored by sample, but let's make things a little bit easier to um, interpret. And maybe we're gonna go and change the line color over here to uh, the different um, types where we can see all of boot A is in uh, green, all of boot B is in this uh, purple, site uh, one, site two, site three, so on and so forth here. So we can see that in our filtered OTU uh, table to have a look at the different um, diversity within these samples. Now we can go over and have a look at our uh, beta diversity by going and clicking on that result as well. So the OTU table, the PCA plot for our um, filtered data here. And we can see this PCA plus. So now we can see um, and answer the question, do those boots resemble the uh, same kind of uh, genetic fingerprints for uh, the bacteria present in crime scene, uh, in our crime scene versus these other random site two and site three. So once again, let's just take advantage of those colorings to make things a little bit easier to interpret. So I'm gonna change this from name over to type. And you can see here, boot A and boot B are both in, uh, they're in green and purple. And you can see those guys clustered very nicely in the center here. And they seem to be clustered also with our crime scene. So this red is showing us our uh, site number one, which happens to be our crime scene. You can see that site three, one of them is kind of close to the rest of the clustered samples, but they tend to be kind of clustered off to the side for site three. And site two seems to be very different from boot A, boot B, and the crime scene. So it looks like we have found our suspect. These boots were probably at crime scene one. So now we can go and um, arrest him and close the case for this particular uh, example here. Now, if you wanted to say uh, export this because you wanna show it in court or you gotta keep it in a uh, lab report or something like that, you can always go to your graphics um, output button right here to export that uh, image there. So now with that, we have covered so much today. Thank you for sticking around a couple minutes over. So we went through a whole myriad of different uh, microbial kind of points here where we went through whole genome uh, shotgun sequencing or shotgun sequencing rather, and how to look at the taxonomic analysis where we looked at uh, diversities. We tried to figure out 
you know, were uh, the effects of uh, antibiotic, did it actually affect the microbiome of the patient, where it looked like it definitely did, but it looks like both of those patients seemed to bounce back after day 34. And then we switched gears a little bit and um, went and had a look at some OTU clustering using that um, really cool example of the crime scene, where we were able to solve the case and say that, yes, that suspect's boots were definitely probably at uh, crime scene uh, and site number one. So with that, um, I thank you for your attention uh, and sticking around, and I will open up the floor to any other questions that we may um, have gotten. Like I said, a lot of those, I think that you are going to be answering uh, as you went through it, which was, you know, kind of the different databases, OTU databases that could be downloaded. Um, I think that that was already covered. Um, I also mentioned it as well. Um, I guess the only other question about OTU question that had come up um, was this open, closed, or de novo approach. And those open, closed terminology is really coming from uh, the way that the uh, chimes terminology, kind of like if you were to call something IPA. Um, do you want me to grab that? Yes, please, Sean. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Sean, Sean is our CLT guru. <laughs> I've been around a long time. Uh, so with that, like I said, it's just terminology. So opened would be like where our default setting, where when it does the de novo assembly, it matches a database. And if it doesn't match the database, it does sort of like a de novo assembly or de novo, um, sorry, uh, clustering of the reads that didn't match the database. Closed would be, I don't want you to, if you don't match the database, throw it out. And then of course, de novo would be completely de novo. So um, all three of those options are available in the workbench. It's just a matter of how you uh, you set up the clustering. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that, I don't see any more new questions. And I said, most of them were gonna be answered by you during the OTU clustering component. So uh, I'll just look at the Q&A or chat just to see if there's anything that is, uh, in there. And lastly, I had already provided another link to the slides about uh, five, 10 minutes ago as well, uh, just for everybody else. I think we're uh, we're good there, Kristen. I don't see any, any other additional questions. And one thing I did want to mention too, if you guys want to give any feedback on this training, maybe uh, what you liked, what you didn't like, um, things to include, please feel free to use this post-training survey uh, monkey link to give us your thoughts on um, things in the future. 